0: Conversations around the race for energy transition metals dominated the 29th annual Investing in African Mining in Indaba in Cape Town. In order to transition to a low-carbon world, demand for so-called minerals of the future including cobalt, copper, nickel, manganese, lithium and platinum group metals, we know them better as PGM, is set to soar as the move to renewables gathers pace. Globally, manufacturers of wind turbines and solar panels are clamoring for copper, while electric vehicle makers are after cobalt, nickel and manganese for their car batteries. Then there are those PGMs, critical components for hydrogen fuel cells. So what does all of this mean for South Africa, one of the most minerally endowed countries in the world? To answer this question, we'll be speaking to Nkateko Matonzi, head of research at Investec, along with Herbert Karibe and Investec Equity Research Analyst. My name's Jeremy Mags. This is No Ordinary Wednesday. It's an in-depth look at what's driving markets, shaping the economy, and changing the game. To so both of you, a very warm welcome, and you were both at the 6,500-strong event, uh, the uh, largest mining investment conference in the world. And Kateko, I want to start with you, if I can, and maybe just a broad overview, the general feeling at the event. Was it all doom and gloom, given the serious challenges that face the mining sector in South Africa, or did you sense some optimism, some silver linings?
1: Thank you, Jeremy. I I think the energy was pretty positive, particularly considering the challenging global backdrop. Cape Town in general was full, a lot of side conferences and engagements on the back of the mining in Durban. I personally think the excitement and energy was as a result of the continuing focus and interest on new energy transition metals, especially from developing countries who are looking to Africa to secure their future supply. It is actually an investing in Africa mining conference and not necessarily South Africa only. In the context of South Africa, the elevated coal prices, platinum group metals and gold above the marginal cost of production possibly also added to the excitement and positive energy during the conference. And then there is China. And the consensus expectation that we will see the rebound in that economy as a result of the reopening. And that should be positive for mining in general. I think all the specters provided a good base for positivity. However, as you mentioned, Jeremy, the story for South Africa was and is overshadowed by the state of infrastructure and constraints, particularly related to electricity and rail. So there was a little bit of gloom as far as South Africa is concerned, but mainly related to infrastructure and the current constraints.
0: Herbert, other than the energy transition metals that Nkateko has referenced and I also alluded to in my introduction, what were some of the other key themes perhaps that stood out for you?
2: Uh, Jeremy, good to be back. For me, two things stood out. And the first one being Africa is very much aware of what she has and she is looking for a better deal. Not looking to export all the value, not this time around. Beneficiation seems to be a key deal maker and while the west demands stability and certainty, Africa is very much looking for beneficiation. So the two have to find each other somewhat in the middle. The other one is around sustainability. ESG was a big deal or rather it came up time and again. Local communities must benefit. I think the minds are catching on and the respective countries must also benefit and companies should leave the countries better off, or at the very least, the same as they found them not worse off. So to sum it up, ESG and uh, pretty much Africa looking for a better deal relative to history, if I can put it at that.
0: Now that makes perfect sense. Let me pivot now to this uh, topic of energy transition metals. As Nkateko said, it's one of the the key reference points coming out of uh, of this event. Now, if I'm not mistaken, and Kateka, correct me if I'm wrong, it's a big figure. Something to, in the region of 400 new mines will need to be built globally to meet the demand. If that's the case, what reserves does South Africa have of the so-called minerals of the future? And I guess we'd look at that in terms of comparing supply to other African countries
1: hundred percent so let me start it this way the major new energy transition metal is actually copper that is the metal that currently everyone is uh, running after and this is because copper is technology agnostic uh what do i mean by technology agnostic copper will remain necessary irrespective of the electrification technology that dominates in future. Irrespective of what battery technology we actually deploy in future, copper will be required because it is the battle that is necessary for electrification. Meanwhile, other commodities or other minerals such as lithium, they're very much dependent on the technology that will be dominant in future. So when you look at South Africa and you look at our reserves or our current known reserves, and I'm not talking resources as yet, the major reserve that we actually hold in South Africa is coal. We are among the global leaders as far as coal is concerned we also the number one holder of reserves as far as the platinum group metals are concerned as far as um, uh, chrome as well we have leading reserves as far as chrome is concerned manganese is also manganese is a new energy transition metal and we have significant reserves of manganese but when it comes to nickel copper, lithium, at this point in time, we do not have significant reserves of those metals. And those are the ones that are on the forefront as far as the new energy transition is concerned. And you asked the question of we, we need to look at it relative to what other countries actually have. And if you look at other African countries, and I'm talking Southwark, I'm talking Zambia, I'm talking the Democratic Republic of Congo, they actually have the highway grade reserves and resources of copper, The copper belt runs through Zambia and the DRC of, of cobalt. Uh, the majority of uh, cobalt reserves are in the DRC and of nickel. So long and short is the countries that will be top on that list as far as reserves and resources are concerned, it will be the likes of Zambia and, and the DRC. But, I mean, South Africa, when we're mining in Dava, we hosted a session with the Department of Minerals and Energy and we're looking at exploration. So South Africa is putting a concerted effort into actually reviving the exploration sector and, addra- and attracting exploration, increased exploration spend into South Africa in order to quantify whether we have higher quantities of the high-value new energy transition metals. But as things turn, our neighboring country actually have uh, the highest quantities of the nickel and the copper and the cobalt uh, and related metals.
0: Just very quickly, I want to pick you up on that phrase concerted effort. Given that we've got to renew or double our efforts in the exploration side, are you still seeing perhaps short or medium term opportunity for South Africa to participate in what is patently a race now for these metals?
1: hundred percent. I think definitely we're on the right track as far as uh, exploration is concerned, but I also feel, and this did come out during mining in Daba, I also feel there is an opportunity for South Africa to play, especially on the downstream processing of the minerals. Africa has actually woken up to realize that the greater value as far as mining is concerned actually sits in the beneficiation of the minerals. That is where you are able to create increased number of jobs, which will be possible. Positive for our environment. So I think in exploiting this new energy transition metals, almost every country is looking at how they are able to maximize a value from this current structural change. And, and beneficiation is actually the focus for most countries. To a point that one, I think it was the World Bank during uh mining in Daba, actually highlighted that OEC countries are committed to ensuring that there is value add within Africa of these minerals as they try and secure supply for the future. So I think Africa will definitely focus on beneficiation. South Africa in general is by virtue of having been mining for a number of years, is a bit more far advanced as far as beneficiation is concerned. So I think that is where if we work with the other countries, with our neighboring countries, the DRC, the Zambia, uh, with the southern countries, we could actually share our expertise, even in terms of infrastructure. South Africa, as much as we have constraints within our current infrastructure, but South Africa is far more developed compared to our neighboring countries. And I think there is quite an opportunity where South Africa could actually partner with the other countries on a skills level, on an infrastructure level and on a technology level as far as the beneficiation and the value add within the supply chain is concerned.
0: We are going to continue this conversation in just a moment. Uh, Just before we get there, I would like to remind you, that a new episode of No Ordinary Wednesday drops every fortnight. Please don't miss it. Subscribe to Investec Focus Radio SA wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like the channel, please take a moment to rate us. So Herbert, back to you and all the buzz, as Nkateko was saying, around these energy transition metals. But let's be honest, at the end of the day, our top three mining exports are coal, gold and platinum. What insights did you manage to garner about the trajectory, particularly of coal in South Africa this year? Um, What's the feeling? Is it going to be another bumper year?
2: So coal is still very much integral to our way of life and the rest of the world. Still critical for the energy mix. So on our end, we just need to deliver the production volumes and export volumes. But on the production front there are challenges. We have load shedding and more recently, we have excessive La uh, linear rainfalls. On the export volumes or export side, we've got Transnet. So if we can deliver the volumes, there is no reason why it cannot be another bumper. Yet. Yes, prices have moderated off recent highs, but they are still well above marginal cost of production. So we just need to deliver the volumes And uh, pretty much then we should be fine on the back of that.
0: And what's your sense on gold?
2: As for gold, we have a lot of uh, surface mining, so also... So subjected to the excessive uh, rainfall, load shedding still at play, but also here prices have been quite buoyant given all the excessive uh, money printing that we saw globally in the past two to three years. So again, it's a volume story. And on the gold front, given gold is not subjected to the issues uh, with transnet, we, we've got a better chance. We just need to deliver the volumes. And again, prices are quite strong. So no reason why we can't have another bumper year with regards
0: to gold. Herbert, this is a, an industry, it's a sector that is predicated on output and take up. We know that China is the biggest consumer of minerals in the world, but also demand has dropped as the country is still grappling with COVID lockdowns. So when are you expecting this demand to come back to pre-COVID levels? Are we in a position to capitalize on the growth in spite of these challenges? Or is there a slightly more conservative view here?
2: So, China is slightly the tide that's going to lift all the boats. So, directly or indirectly, South Africa will benefit. We should get our house in order to be able to realize maximum benefit. China needs coal, China needs PGMs. We've got all of that. Whether they are buying it from us or from our peers, Either way we benefit through a higher price. We just need to deliver the goods. So execution is key. With regards to going back to pre-COVID levels, that's a hard one. I'm not even sure if China wants to go back to pre-COVID levels. China's economy pretty much a commodity-hungry one. That's how the economy was built up. But I think the new blueprint is geared towards services. They want to be a more, a more service-oriented economy. We will see the pent-up demand, but whether we go back to pre-COVID levels too soon to say, China's aspirations are now towards a service economy and less so a commodity-hungry economy.
0: Herbert Nkateko mentioned uh, sustainability a little bit earlier on. We know that ESG is a key focus for global mining companies represented at this event. What's the sense as far as South African companies are concerned? Do we stack up or are we simply focused on keeping the smelters on?
1: I think it was pretty interesting uh, sitting at Mining in Daba listening to the many presentation by different mining companies. And just almost all of them, ESG was central to what they were presenting. So the ESG movement, if I were to call it that, has actually taken off. And I think there is quite a bit of being genuine about it that I see as far as South African companies are concerned. Fair enough, if you had to compare us to global companies or global mining companies, companies the fact that uh, the majority of electricity that our mining companies use is uh, derived from coal that puts them a bit at at a disadvantage. But the silver lining, if I put it that way, is the one figure that was doing the rounds at Mining and Daba is there's about nine gigawatts of renewable energy on the pipeline. And the majority of that is actually by the mining company. That in itself will solve for the constraints that we currently are experiencing as far as energy is concerned, but also goes a long way into reducing the carbon footprint and increasing the competitiveness of South Africa African mining companies relative to their global peers on an ESG front. As far as all other factors, such as women on the board, uh, diversity, inclusion, social investment, I think South Africa is very competitive. If you look at the number of females, even black females, that are CEOs of uh, of leading companies, I think South Africa is actually doing very well. The one area where I would think we are a bit disadvantaged is on the E, on the environmental side. But the current track record is such that with the deployment of renewable energy, that carbon footprint should actually reduce significantly over time.
0: We are having this conversation after the State of the Nation address where a state of electricity disaster has been declared. There's also the looming appointment of an energy or an electricity minister. So Herbert, we can't have any discussion on mining without mentioning energy and the various crises around that. Uh, There were a lot of government officials at this event. What was the general talk? Uh, Was there an offer of hope, of solutions in this regard? Or were people very conservative, uh, very perhaps uh, withdrawn in their views? I
2: think the country knows and understands how we got here. And I will be bold to say the politicians know what needs to be done. There were no new plans that had not been mentioned before. So I think it's just high time we followed through on the many brilliant plans we have developed over the years. It's time to execute. No new ideas came to the forefront. So it is time to deliver on at least one of the many plans we've come up with.
0: And a part of that follow through, I guess, that Herbert references is a number of self-generation projects that are currently under development, if I'm not mistaken, in excess of, uh, of 70. What's the sense for the mining industry? Will they in time become immune to load shedding?
1: Actually, it's good you would ask that question because we hosted uh, some of the CEOs of mining companies at Mining and Daba, particularly focusing on the platinum group, metals. And I did ask that question of whether the renewable energy that is currently being deployed would lend them in a situation where they are immune to load shedding. And the answer was no, they actually need base load energy. So long and short, like Habit was saying, we as a country do need to resolve the current constraints as far as energy is concerned. For fully integrated miners that have smelters up to refining, it is nearly impossible for them to operate with just renewable energy. Because let's be honest, the wind may not blow, the sun might not shine as bright. So you actually do need baseload energy. And meaning if we don't as a country resolve our issues, the mining companies will continue to suffer from the consequences of not having sufficient energy.
0: And Herbert let me give the final word to you then the theme of this year's uh, Indaba unlocking African mining investment stability security and supply. So leading on from what Nkateko said do the discussions do the discussions that you've heard at the conference give you the confidence that we can really unlock investment into South African mining?
2: I think despite all the challenges that we've got We still have a lot going on for us relative to the rest of Africa. My concern is really we move at a snail pace. And at this rate, I worry that we may lose the first wave or first round of investment. Other countries, it is known that they have these minerals. We are yet to prove that we've got these minerals. And our infrastructure narrative does not help. However, we are moving in the right direction. We just need to accelerate the pace at which uh, we are coming up with these initiatives as well as implementation. But execution will be key. I think we know what we need to do.
0: And I think that's a good place uh, to end the conversation. Katerko and Herbert, thank you so much for joining us on today's uh, episode and for sharing those insights into the enormous challenges but uh, real opportunities facing the mining sector. Just a quick note, please look out for our next episode of No Ordinary Wednesday on March 1 as we continue to explore the topics that mean the most to you and your money. If you haven't yet added us to your podcast feed, search for Investec Focus Radio SA, wherever you get your podcasts, hit the subscribe button. And don't forget to rate us if you like the channel. From all of us, goodbye and thank you for listening. The views expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily represent the views of the firm and should not be taken as advice or recommendations. Investec Limited and subsidiaries, authorized financial service providers, registered credit providers and long-term insurer.